Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that is coming at you from the Biden-Harris administration. Woo-hoo! Let's just woo-hoo. Let's just woo-hoo for days. I got the woo-hoos and I'm Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo. Rewire News Group is dedicated to inspiring you to own your relationship to sex, abortion, parenthood, and power. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners. Oh my God, Jess. <sighs> I mean... I mean, I, 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 I mean, it. we had the show. All Here right. That's all we do. <laughs> See you on We're the We're speechless already. <laughs> I mean, it was just, yesterday was a magical day <sighs> for so many reasons. Not just because we finally got, as you like to call him, the homicidal candy yam out of the White House. <laughs> But also because we made history. We We have a vice president who is a woman. She's a woman of color. She is black. She is Desi. And just watching Sonia Sotomayor swear her in, I just, I really did get chills. I felt like the, just the gravity of the moment. And it was just, it was awesome. It was. was. I mean, you know, to have Justice Sotomayor swearing in Vice President Kamala Harris on Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall's Bible is like a moment. It's like a capital A, capital M moment, right? It it absolutely was. It really was. And unfortunately, and I feel bad both for for Kamala Harris and Sonia Sotomayor, but she did pronounce Kamala Harris's name (sighs) wrong. She pronounced it Kamala. And it's one of those things where I have an unusual name. Mm -hmm. So I really, really felt for her. Because I know she was just walking up to that podium like, just say Kamala, just say Kamala, just say Kamala. And then she was like, Kamala, ah, crap. And I could see sort of like a twinge in Kamala's face where it was just like, ah. But you know what? It doesn't take away from the fact that, as you said, we had the Latina justice swearing in a black and Desi vice president on Thurgood Marshall's Bible. It was really, really momentous. And I did want to have a little side note. Okay. There were people on Twitter who were upset about the mispronunciation of her name mm-hmm. and decided that they were going to call Sonia Sotomayor Sotomayor or, you know, mess up her name, which oh, is not really? useful because it's not like Sonia Sotomayor is some white supremacist asshole who yeah. was screwing up her name on purpose. It was Don't a mistake. It was a mistake. I mean, remember when Chief Justice Roberts screwed up Barack Obama's oath so bad he had to go back and do it again? Seriously. That's a a nerve-wracking moment to be up in front of all the... I mean, I know she's a Supreme Court justice, but even so, that's a nerve-wracking moment. So let's all just give Sonia a little bit of, you know, it's all right, girl. It's okay. But her name is Kamala, so let's just... Let's just keep that energy going through 2021. Yeah, I mean, Supreme Court justices are people too, right? You know, I mean, she, she's going to mess up. But that, yeah, and and don't do the Sotomayor, folks. Like, that's, don't that's do that. fun. Don't do that. But let's, can we talk a bit about about uh, President President Joe? I almost just called him President Joe like I know but him. But President, President Joe Biden's is great. Inaug- <laughs> 
Papa Joe's inauguration speech. He talked about white nationalism specifically. I think that is like, the first time that a president has said the words white supremacy in a speech, in an inaugural address. That was a moment. It really was just like, this is a new administration. We're not fucking around anymore, guys. Yeah, it really was. Like the, that historic moment to have Joe Biden call out white nationalism by its name, to say mm-hmm. it plainly and to identify it as an enemy of the people. Yes. It goes along with, you know, um, AOC talking about a multiracial democracy and to yes. have this all called together in sort of this spirit of this day. It was historic and I think really set the tone because then what followed was this flurry of executive order oh activities that was like, OK, first it of was all, hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's sexy. The APA is back, baby. It's all administrative procedure. We're going to talk about it. I'm so excited. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. It's going to be bon chicka wah, wah on all of the executive <laughs> orders. It was a flurry on climate, on racial justice, on LGBTQ rights. And it was enough to make me as a law nerd, like, sweat and glow and, like, just, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. The yeah, Bostock well, order. Yeah, start with the Bostock order. Okay, so do you folks remember that Supreme Court case that we talked about on the podcast where the big question was, can your boss fire you for being trans or gay, right? You remember that, Imani. I do. I remember it well. And Justice Neil Gorsuch came through. Remember wait, 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 wait. We said we weren't going to call him that anymore because he did come through, so we're going to ease up. On that, we're going to double down on Brett Kavanaugh and Justice Kingdom of God. In the spirit of unification, I will take that back. (laughs) Justice Gorsuch (laughs) delivered an opinion that said quite plainly the text of the federal civil rights law that protects you at your workplace, Title VII, that that protects you if you're gay and trans. And this was a huge decision. And the Trump administration was very upset about it because they argued that Title VII shouldn't. And so after that decision had done a bunch of um, administrative shit, basically, Mm -hmm. to try and undercut it. And on day one, the Biden-Harris administration said, nope, that's not going to stand. We are going to undo that in an order that says basically sexual orientation and gender identity are protected under federal law, under Title VII, very plainly. Don't fuck around with that. And it gets better because it directs other agencies to start the process of making those federal laws align this way. So we talk a lot about the fact that that was a good decision, but it doesn't reach to things like housing, right? So like you can still get kicked out of your apartment in some places if you're gay or trans. The Biden-Harris administration yesterday started the process of making that a legal impossibility, and that is fucking sexy. It's fucking sexy, and it's a fucking huge deal, and do you know what else is amazing? Hmm. Remember the huge fight we were having about about the census? Oh, yeah. Or, you know, whether or not undocumented immigrants could be counted in the census, and Trump was Are trying Are they to, people? Are they people under the law? And Trump was like, no, not really. And we were like, yes, yes, really. Well, what did Biden do? He was like, no, Trump. He just, it was like a whack-a-mole. Just whacked his head right back down into the hole. And now, if you're undocumented, you will be counted in the census. And that is huge because it means you will be represented in Congress. It means that you will be counted when it comes to divvying up federal funds that go to Mm -hmm. different different cities, municipalities, districts. 
that's a really, really big deal. And it also means that documented immigrants will be counted. Because remember, this has yes. been four years of racial terror when it that's comes exactly to what it is. When it comes terror. to Latinx people, right? I mean, even if you are documented, even if you are a citizen, you have a green card, you were still under threat of deportation by the fascists that were running ICE. I mean, it was uh-huh. just Horrible. So not only are undocumented immigrants protected, but documented immigrants can breathe a little bit more more easily. And I think that that is really, really important. And quick shout out to the advocates at places like the American Civil Liberties Union, who for the last four years really stayed on the Trump administration's ass on these policies and sued them up to the Supreme Court multiple times, particularly on the census. Um, This is really what the work that needed to happen during that administration, the advocates who were in court um, and really challenging uh, each of these policies day in and day out. Um, Wow. Did you really set the stage for a Biden-Harris administration to come in? And of all the things to clean up, at least make some of this a little easier, you know, Um, because it's not like that was it. We also have a whole flurry of um, executive orders that are coming down the pipes, like the competency already. We've got a schedule, Amani. They let us know ahead of time what's happening. You mean I don't have to wake up in a panic at six in the morning and check Twitter to see whether or not, for example, Donald Trump has tried to eliminate trans people from existence as he once did in a tweet? No. I mean, and here we are in in this like, you know, barrage of executive actions. We have a promise to undo the trans military ban, which, again, was something you said, you know, Trump tweeted that out. That was policy via Twitter. And yep. the Biden Harris administration's like, nah, we're going to protect dreamers. Oh, my God. And that's so huge because there's about 800,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And they were really at risk for being deported wholesale. I mean, wholesale. The reason why, remember the DACA case? The DACA case that we won and we were very excited about, but we were also measuredly excited because Roberts and, and, and the conservatives on the court didn't say, oh, no, dreamers, you're cool. You can stay forever. They basically said, oh, yeah, Trump administration, you screwed up on the po- on the administrative agency part of it, on the rulemaking part of it. And so that's why we're going to kick this back. Had Trump won again, he would have absolutely done the lawsuit right this time with yep. with lawyers, actual lawyers, instead of like Bob blah, blah from <laughs> Arrested <laughs> Development, who doesn't know his shit thing about agency law. These are, you know, he would have done it again. He would have gotten it right. And we would have been almost a million people short in this country. So dreamers protected. What else did he do? What else? Let's just give it to me. It's making me very excited. Blocking the Keystone Pipeline. The Keystone fracking pipeline, people. I mean, I mean oh, God. Like, I saw so many indigenous people who were so jazzed about the Keystone Pipeline. And it's just, yeah, it's a huge deal. Why are we running pipelines through indigenous people's lands? why are we doing that it's bad for the environment it's there it's like i'm i'm very very happy about the keystone pipeline what else give me more give me more give me more i need more um okay amani covid what we have a mask mandate on federal property what i mean just think about what Science. Science matters again, which is amazing. But just think about what happened during the insurrection, right? How right. many how many Congress people caught COVID from Republican ding-dongs who refused to wear masks because they were barricaded on the House floor, right? Definitely. I Definitely. mean, I know Pramila Jayapal did, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I know uh, there's Brad somebody. I'm sorry, he's a white guy and his name is Brad. I don't know, remember his last name. But there were several people. Ayanna who, Presley's husband, I believe. Ayanna Presley's husband, exactly. I mean, these are, mm-hmm. it is it is unconscionable for you to be 
in a room with people breathing air all over them and not wearing a mask like, in a pandemic. <sighs> I don't understand what is wrong with people. But you know what? It's so okay because Biden said if you're going to be on federal property, you're going to put a mask on. I yeah. don't want to hear about it. Oh, love it. What else? Give me more. I need more. We're getting an eviction moratorium, too. I mean, and, and then we could talk like for hours about this. So I'll, I'll, I'll tee this one up and then, you know, we, we can move on. But an eviction and foreclosure moratorium in the middle of an economic crisis during the pandemic. Like, duh. Right. It shouldn't have even been a question. Just the very fact that we have a COVID policy now, like we might actually be able to, I don't know, get this pandemic under control. Imagine There's that. There's the possibility that you and I might be in the same room together in I the wanna future, I want to hug you Amani. in person. <laughs> Amani's not, not a hugger. And I hate, and the fact I don't like that being she touched. just said that she wants to hug me, it's a big fellow deal. law nerds, this is huge. Deal. It's a big deal because I don't like people and I don't like them touching me. Why are you touching me? Get off me. Seriously, get off me. Uh, but let's talk about the nominations, right? Can we talk about the nominations? We've already, mean, we already did our love song to the Department of Justice. I'm going to shout out so Vanita hot. Gupta and Kristen Clark again because, my God, I love you ladies. But we're getting a new Health and Human Services Agency. And that is such a big deal, especially for our issues that I don't even know what to do with myself right now. So I'm just going to knock it back over to you and let you talk to me about how big of a deal it is that we're going to get a new HHS agency. While you were leading this up, I had to sit on my hands so I wouldn't <laughs> accidentally knock the microphone or the water around because I am so excited about what Health and Human Services is going to look like compared to what it has been that I'm wildly gesticulating. Yes. Okay, so President Biden has, has nominated California Attorney General Javier Becerra to lead the agency. And this is so huge. Okay, this is excellent news for just about every issue that progressives care about. I mean, look, when he was attorney general in California, he sued the crap out of the Trump administration, right? He Literally. took them to court for trying to block family planning funding for abortions. He mm -hmm. took them to court for trying to take away your birth control. He took them to court for trying to block health care services for trans patients. And that's just naming a few. <laughs> I mean, Seriously. and it gets better and it gets better. Yeah. I mean... I'm going to need you to just take a moment. I need everyone to take a beat because what I'm about to say is going to be like groundbreaking. He nominated Dr. Rachel Levine for assistant secretary at HHS. She will be the first openly trans person confirmed by the Senate in a federal agency role if she is confirmed by the Senate. This is like we're going to have a trans person in the health and human services agency. And given how much the Trump administration tried to screw trans people out of healthcare rights. This is beyond huge. It's amazing. I, 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 am, I am beside myself and I'm going to let you talk about her now because I just, woo child. So Dr. Levine is a pediatrician and the current Pennsylvania Secretary of Health. If she's confirmed to HHS, she will oversee programs that under the Trump administration were actually weaponized against trans folks. So this is when we talk about representation mattering mm -hmm. in healthcare in particular, trans folks have been targeted by the Trump administration and conservatives for a lot of really disingenuous political reasons. Yeah. And this signals to me that the Biden administration understands that conservatives will be up to that nonsense again. Yep. And this is just like uh, the fresh air. I'm just breathing it yeah. in. I can't yeah. like get enough of it. It's yeah. it's really astonishing. 
And speaking of trans folks and representation, mm-hmm. if you go to whitehouse.gov, the White yeah. House website, yeah. it asks you for your pronouns. Get out. It asks you for your freaking pronouns now. And that may seem minor, but for trans people, you know, they're consistently saying that it's important for cis people, people who are not transgender, Mm -hmm. to use pronouns, to normalize the use of pronouns. And you get these people, like these conservative ding-dongs on Twitter who are like, oh, you have she, her in your bio. You have, you're one of those pronoun people. Like, you don't use pronouns. Everybody uses pronouns. It's just a matter of which pronouns you use. And it's not that difficult to use the pronouns that people ask you to use. But for some reason, this is a... This has become an issue, and it's not an issue. It's not going to be an issue if you go to, go to whitehouse.gov. Not only that, the website also includes gender-neutral honorifics, right? So for wow. Mr., Mrs., Ms., and then there's MX period for non-binary folks. It's like within hours. Within within hours. hours. Yeah, within hours. And again, this may seem like a minor detail, but when it comes to representation, when it comes to people recognizing you as a human, as a person who is deserving of rights and and humanity, it it just signals that trans rights are going to be very important to this administration. And I, for one, think that's freaking fantastic. I do. And it's scaffolding, right? Like the minor point of having whitehouse.gov ask for pronouns and have gender neutral honorifics scaffolds to the larger policy point that they did with dropping the Bostock EO. So this is consistent across um, the board for the administration and just so, so good to see. They also did something really hot and sexy within like immediately taking over. What was that? Okay. First of all, Can we talk for a moment about the 1776 Commission, which was that ridiculous document that was clearly a a reaction to the 1619 project um, that the New York Times put out last year. So this 1776 Commission was basically like, hey, guys, slavery wasn't that big of a deal. And besides, everyone was doing it. So everyone, literally everyone, literally everyone. So it's not really fair. It's actually unpatriotic to talk about slavery as if it were a uniquely American institution, which, you know, I don't. Yes, slavery. There's been slavery throughout history from like, you know, biblical times on up. But you know what? What you know what the United States perfected? Chattel slavery. Yeah. Do you know what the United States perfected? Hmm. broodmare slavery right like basically dragging black women african women over here raping them forcing them to act as broodmares in order to in order to squeeze out the next generation of enslaved people Uh i mean it's just it is disgusting to me that this country wants to just wipe over this this horrible history of ours just because they don't think it's patriotic to talk about slavery anymore well biden wasn't having any of that Gone. 1776 commission gone off the White House, off, off WhiteHouse.gov. Literally, Trump dropped that shit on Martin Luther King Day, uh-huh. which was offensive. <laughs> it was up for a hot 48 hours, and Biden was like, nah, dog, we're out of here. We're not doing this anymore. So I just it love that. It was amazing. It, like, literally, it was 404 error page not found page as soon as found. they walked into the White House. And that is sexy. Uh, frankly, I'm surprised that the 1776 Commission didn't say it was your patriotic duty to engage in chattel slavery, <laughs> given what Mike Pompeo was tweeting out oh as God. he was, like, leaving office, which was like, yeah, white nationalism forever! Seriously, like, he seriously said something about how woke is and multi multiculturalism are not American, right? 
So then what? we get that other Biden EO, right? On critical yep. race theory. I mean. That's, remember that? Remember Trump like started tweeting about critical race theory? And I was like, like he knows. My guy, you do not know what critical race theory is. So why don't we just stop? But essentially, you know, Biden issued an EO, an executive order, revoking this critical race theory and this, this, you know, diversity, diversity, equity and inclusion is bad. So we can't talk about it. I mean, he, he literally issued this EO in September that forbade federal agencies from engaging in certain kinds of speech, including workplace trainings that promote diversity, equity and inclusion. What? I mean, it, it, it's literally saying diversity is un-American. You can't talk mm-hmm. about it because it's can't unpatriotic. It. That's just. Can't talk about it. That's gone. But yeah. No, bye bye. No more. Love it. <sighs> I'm all hot and sweaty. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. But then there was abortion. Uh, he had a little hiccup on abortion. He did. All a right, little so hiccup. Gonna, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So on day one of the Biden-Harris administration, we got a press briefing. Which? Which what? What, what are those? What are those? Like, what I feel like those? we need to walk through the timeline. <laughs> so a press briefing is To reestablish normalcy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got a press briefing. That was transparent and respectful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, day one press briefing. And um, there was a question from EWTN. And maybe you folks don't know who these are this group is this is the eternal world television network and so they are uh the functional equivalent of catholic media broadcasting from the basement they have a ton (laughs) of resources in power now i grew up with my grandmother actually listening uh to ewtn programming and um i mentioned this a little bit in some of our editorial calls like it is there was a nun there sister angelica and she would get on and she would just like literally mic up and talk about abortion mm-hmm. and v- thus feminists and then she would talk about the gays and mm-hmm. that was very bad mm-hmm. and communists which were really black people they weren't actually communists right. they were oh, just well, all black, black people. people are communists I mean, and this was canon. in like the 80s right? right so you can imagine where EWTN has taken this programming in the Trump administration not, not good places were, they were, first of all, credentialed to be at the White House under Which, the Trump administration. Why? So that's amazing. Um, but then they effectively were just like an arm of the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jen Psaki, who is the uh, communications director for uh, President Biden, called on them, uh, one of the reporters, and they did what the, they do. And they got very huffy and upset about whether or not uh, Biden-Harris administration was going to undo the Mexico City policy, which is the global gag rule that that ties up and blocks funding for international programs uh, to perform or even talk about you Can't abortion. even talk about it. Can't even say the A word. Word, okay, so there's word. a question about that. And then also what the administration planned to do about the Hyde Amendment, which is, you know, domestic funding restrictions here. And Jen Psaki looked at the reporter and said, Joe Biden is a devout Catholic and we will have no more, nothing more to say on that. This statement upset some people and we're going to talk about it. And I get it. I totally get why it would upset people. I just want to add a little context, which is a talking to evangelical media or like Charismatic Catholic media. I don't want to like mush those two together. Um, on a decision or on a question that, from my read of it, uh, Jen Psaki clocked right away as bad faith. And as I saw it, shut the question down. It was effectively, uh, for someone experienced in religious media, a we won't negotiate with terrorists mm-hmm. message and shut it down. 
So we know that based on reporting and the Biden-Harris administration's own releases that they are planning on rescinding the Mexico City policy, the global gag rule, via executive order on January 28th. That information was already out there. I think that's why Jen Psaki took the position that she did and said, I'm just not talking about this right now. What you want is to get us all in a fight amongst ourselves about abortion when we should be talking about COVID and other things. So that's my read of it. I don't see it as a backpedal on the actual policy. But you know what? I think that there's fair criticism to have to be had about how the question was handled. Yeah, for me, it struck me as a missed opportunity to sort of stick a knife in the heart of abortion stigma, right? That seems really fair. I, I mean, for for her to say Biden is a devout Catholic, it sort of sets up a dichotomy between abortion mm-hmm. and Catholics. And mm-hmm. there are Catholics who get abortions. There are Catholics who use contraception. There are Catholics who are pro-choice. And so I think that that's a false dichotomy. Definitely. And I would really like to have seen Jen Psaki say, you know what? The Biden administration has plans when it comes to abortion rights and y'all are going to we're going to get to it and y'all are just going to have to wait. You know, Mm -hmm. say the word abortion. Don't try to say he's a devout Catholic and that's all we're going to say because that's not an answer to the question. And I came out all hot. I was angry about it. And then I talked to you this morning and you were like, they're there. Poo, 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 poo. I mean, and, no, I think it's no, right. But it, be, it was in a good way, though. It was in a good way. I mean, you you acknowledge the fact that it was th- that there was stigma there. But you were like, maybe don't go completely ham just yet. And so I and so I went back on Twitter and I was like, OK, I went a little bit ham. But let me backpedal a little bit because I do think that the Biden administration is going to do good things on abortion. But I still really would like for him to say the word for the yeah. administration to say the word because the word abortion is not a dirty word. Yeah, even in follow up today. So when we're, so after, before we recorded this, Dr. Fauci was talking about a variety of public health things that the Biden-Harris administration was going to do and mentioned the Mexico City policy. And even in there, didn't use the word abortion. Right. He just right. said something vague about reproductive and global health for women um, and, and things like that. So I think this is all really super, super fair and super important. Um, you know, I the what is unfortunate about a misstep like that on a. Uh, reporter's question is that there's an entire conversation happening about the Biden-Harris administration not being like on this issue. And I don't think that that's totally right. So I appreciate having this back and forth with you because like we, you know, in that it was like, well, you know, I brought my perspective coming in from sort of experience with religious media spaces and growing up in those like how they talk and sort of what they do. And then you very rightly were like, yeah, but this is still bullshit. And so like, Progressives, this is how we have to do it for the next four years, right? We have to like, we have to talk to each other. We got to hammer this stuff out, and that's I, I don't know. I, I think that that that's what makes you and I great is that we can disagree. We are great, Amani. We are great, <laughs> and we can disagree. But the disagreement is never it's it's not really that substantive. It's just like yeah. it's along the margins. It's about how we talk about things, how we shape the discussion, and I think it's critical to have Absolutely. these kinds of conversations. Um, and and in that vein. You know, it's day one of the the Biden administration. And I came out like, I mean, last night, my final tweet was, y'all take it easy. I got a full day of yelling about the Hyde Amendment tomorrow. (laughs) And so like, I came out this morning guns blazing about the Hyde Amendment. And people were like, oh, God, just give him a chance to take his coat off. It's the first day, blah, blah, blah. You know, you got to stop complaining, yada, yada. And you know what? I call bullshit on that because this man has been in the White House for eight years. He's been Mm -hmm. in government for 40 years. This is not a person who needs to get acclimated to the White House. And considering all of the executive orders, he did just 
dump out of like a bin. You know, he he is already very engaged in the issues that progressives care about. So it is okay to hold his feet to the fire. It is okay to hold Kamala Harris's feet to the fire. Yes. Asking for accountability is simply asking for you to keep the promises that you made when you were campaigning. It also means don't get on Twitter and start crawling up the asses of activists and organizers who have been waiting for four years to be heard on some of these issues. It, yeah. it, is, it has been a difficult four years working in this space for people working in LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. immigrant rights. It has been a difficult four years. So we now finally have a chance to talk to an administration that will listen, that has already shown a willingness to listen. So if we don't if we don't take that opportunity, then we're not doing our jobs as citizens, as journalists, as activists, as organizers. And if you're on the margins of those of that space, you're not doing anybody any favors by telling people like me and Jess or, you know, Renee Bracey Sherman, who came out guns blazing about the Hyde Amendment. She's the, uh, the, the head of We Testify and, you know, the Beyonce of abortion storytelling, as New York Mag called her. It doesn't help to tell people like us to calm down. Because we, right. we're not going to calm down. Right. But we are going to be sensible in our critique. And I think that that's fair. Yeah, and I do, you know, so it's it's like trust but verify, I think, with the Biden administration. So yeah. far, they have right. put together a good team that suggests that these issues that we care about are front and center for them as well. And our job is to hold them accountable for that. So um, it's going to be a you know, and we're all shell shocked yeah. from like the last four years of like literally like one relentless piece of bullshit after another. So I think it's also good for us to be able to say we can take a breath and like you know collect ourselves. That that is okay. Um, Ugh, it's gonna yes. it's gonna be. It's it's. I mean, we got a lot of work to do. But, we got a lot you know, of work to do, but it's like there's hope. It's the good kind of work. It's the good kind I'll of work. Do this exactly. kind of work. I'm happy to do this kind of work. Oh, if you're happy to do this kind of work, or if you're happy to hear us talk about this kind of work, you should follow me on Twitter at Angry mm-hmm. Black Lady. You should follow Jess on Twitter at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. Jess is doing a little soldier shimmy while I do that. And you should follow Rewire News Group uh, at Rewire News Group on Twitter and on Instagram. Definitely. And Jess, why don't you talk about the newsletter? If you have not signed up for our newsletter yet, please do. So every Thursday, all of Rewire News Group's latest stories um, are collected there. And our editor-in-chief, Galena Espinoza, gives a little color commentary. It's really quite great. Um, Go to rewirenewsgroup.com slash subscribe and you won't miss anything. And of course, we always need money. It's a new year. You know you got some money in your pocket. Just give it to us. Give it all to us. Gimme, gimme. You should go to rewirenewsgroup.com slash boom give. That's rewirenewsgroup.com slash boom give. We need money to keep this keep this abortion ship sailing is that a thing are there abortion ships there is now there are actually abortion ships <laughs> well there Swimming you on go. <laughs> perfect so i guess that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be yeah. it for our first episode of the biden harris administration i love saying that i'm not angry I'm, what's I'm, like i, I don't know what, what i am feeling? quite frankly like- <laughs> giddy sweaty hot gassy i'm not sure sneezy <laughs> dopey what's going on <laughs> But I know what we will do. What are we going to do, Jess? We're going to see you on the tubes, folks. See you on the tubes, folks. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Jessica Mason Piclo and Imani Gandhi. Mark Filetti produces the show. 